Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast. Today we're going to have a special episode in honor of our November gatherings happening tonight and tomorrow, November 4th and 5th, 2019. Last November, Jordan Ferris, who was previously on the podcast, shared about time management and how to stay organized as a creative. And we had a great time at both of those gatherings. So we wanted to play Jordan's session from last year about time management. And hopefully if you're on the fence about joining us tonight or tomorrow, maybe it'll just make you say, you know what, I want to come out and see what these Create Initiative gatherings are all about. So please enjoy Jordan's session on time management. And Kyle and I will be back in a couple weeks. So I'm talking about um, time management and there's nothing revolutionary about what I'm going to share, but it's really my personal insights that I think uh, can be valuable if you you need them. But uh, before I get into that, I wanted to find out if, since it's November, if anyone has something about their Christmas plans with your church that you're able to divulge to this creative group of people. Is there an aspect of what you guys are doing that's interesting that you'd love to share? And if you're secretive about it, that's not really right, but I do understand. My church is doing like pretty much nothing. Um, We're a church that's fairly traditional. Um, You know, we're like that hundred year old church that um, has a choir and orchestra. And this last year we started another venue where we have a a band that does the modern thing. Um, And it's great. But we just decided, man, people usually look for a cantata from our church of some type, you know, and uh, we're just like, it's just not worth the energy. And we're, we're getting very missional. And so we're just like, man, Christmas is a missional time. Not doing anything cool at church. So do you guys have anything you want to share? Or? I can tell you, um, I was told I was responsible for our kids program this year. Fun. And so um, right around August, the beginning of September, I put out like a little flyer and some stuff about, hey, come to this meeting and so on. It wasn't very well attended. And so um, I kind of forgot about it. So we're not having anything this year. Um, cool. But what we were going to have was, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll just tell you, I, I messed that one up. But what we were going to have, <laughs> uh, we were basically going to have a, uh, the kids were going to act things out as a man kind of read from a book. And it was going to be kind of like, a, you've seen the opening of my, The Princess Bride? It's going to be kind of like that, where a grandfather was reading a storybook to a kid, and then he was just going to explain what Christmas was about through the telling of this story. Mm-hmm. And they were, they'd cut back to them once in a while for comic relief. Anyway, but that's not happening this year, but that's what we're going to have. So there you go. Nice. It's a good idea. I've not seen The Princess Bride. Oh. And in fact, let's just do this. Let's quiz me on a movie. I guarantee you I've never seen it. Most movies. <laughs> Home Alone. I've seen Home Alone. I mean, <laughs> I like Macaulay Culkin as much as the next person. Young Macaulay Culkin. Yes. <laughs> Don't know what he's up to now. Yeah, Star Wars, never. Oh, wow. What? No. I'm seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's better it's better if you're in the creative world if you isolate yourself from all things creative that way if you think of it you think it's yours and <laughs> no I, I I've seen I've seen I saw the one Star Wars movie that came out in like 2005 ish <laughs> and I never, I didn't invest any more time into that, yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, there's some movies, I've seen a lot of Christian movies, a lot of really bad, like, there was one from the 70s, I, uh, probably, I've probably seen that, yeah. Still not dead. Still not dead. Part six. Yeah, never dead. Um, yeah, I'd, I've 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 seen a few things. There was a movie in the seventies called A Thief in the Night. So scary. And I, that's when I stopped watching movies. It, I was like six. I wasn't six in the seventies, but I was six when I watched the movie uh, in the nineties. And uh, there was these big like creatures, and they looked like big bugs. I don't think it was biblical. I'll be honest, real, real honest with you. Um, anyway, let's we'll move on. But uh, chances are, I've not seen the movie. Um, okay, before I dive into my thing, um, somebody share one good thing that happened at work today. <laughs> this is what the Create Initiative is all about: being honest with our struggles. We almost got Christmas art approved. Whoa. That's a good hey, that's thing. optimistic. That's a good thing. That's moving You're in the right direction. very positive. Yeah, so. That's great. Yeah. Cool. I, I received free coffee today from my boss. So, thankful. Yes. My boss uh, made some of his pancakes. Oh, some of us. <laughs> what? Oh. Made all of you pancakes, but just those that. Our, our secretaries took us to lunch because of, for pastor appreciation because they missed it because of fall festival. You better have a secretary appreciation day. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> That's wrong. Y'all need to take them out. When is that, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's dive in. Um, my my talk is called "Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself," and can you guys see that screen? Okay. I've got some, some slides. They're not really that useful, but you almost have to do them. Um, I've got some quality memes. These are not really actually quality. In fact, I barely get this one. Um, but uh, check oneself, one must, because wreck oneself, one must not. Uh, I think that's the guy from Star Trek. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Checks himself, still wrecks himself. That is basically my senior picture. Um, and I recommend that you evaluate yourself before you proceed to fail in this ordeal. Um, check yourself before you wreck yourself. So time management, you are busy. So raise your hand if you're busy as a creative in the church. Cool. We're pretty much busy. Um, you're probably the busiest person in your realm of people. In fact, if, especially if you're a one man show at a church or if you're a volunteer that has a lot of responsibility. Um, people tend to come up to you and say, I know you're busy, but how about this thing that I need to have done? And 
and if they really understood that you were busy, they probably wouldn't actually ask you for that, but it's a pleasantry. I know you're the busiest person around here, but can you do this for me? Um, so when we're evaluating whether or not that busyness translates into productivity and actually being effective, I think there's a couple of questions to ask, and that's what I'm gonna talk to you about right now. Uh, the first question to ask about your busyness in general, does my busyness drive me to greatness and reveal my purpose? So do you feel like when you're busy, you're in your zone, your sweet spot, and that you are doing what no one else can do in that way? So in your role, you're offering something that's unique and special that your perspective allows you to offer. Do you feel like you're in your sweet spot? And I guess I should say on the whole, so more than 50% of the time, how about that? Um, and then, you know, is there a sense of satisfaction that you leave behind when you work on something? When you leave a project and wrap up, did you leave a piece of yourself there? That's the question that you want to ask uh, to determine if you're in your zone. Um, and then the other question, so that's number one. Number two would be, does my busyness drain me and hide my passion? So this is, again, over 50% of the time. Do you feel stressed? overworked, unsure, tired of dealing with things at work? Um, do you wish that someone else was tasked with your duties instead of you? Do you wish that someone else could just deal with that thing that's, that's, that keeps popping up? Um, and do you find yourself rushing through projects and tasks just to get to the next thing because you're so busy? Um, if you identify as belonging to the first group, the people that feel like their busyness leads to their greatness, reveals their purpose, and empowers them, immediately you've got to thank God. You've got to say, God, thank you for protecting me. Um, because you have not experienced, at least in this season, the dark side of ministry. But if you belong to the second group of people, there's a couple things that you need to do, in my opinion. If I were you, and I have been there many times, I would immediately initiate a conversation with God and say, God, I, I feel overworked and I think I'm on my way to being burnt out. You need to confess how you feel. So God knows how you feel, but I really believe that it's important to vocalize that and actually pray to God. God, I need help with my schedule. I need help with my productivity. I need help feeling like I'm in the zone because I don't feel that way. You created me to feel that way, to offer what I can best offer. Um, and then immediately you need to get into the Word of God, like right off the bat. That's step one. You need to open your Bible. Get into some type of systematic way to read the Word of God. I'm not saying it has to be every day. I don't think there's any magic to that. But I do think as someone who represents the gospel and what you do, it's so critical to be reading the Word of God. Um, what we do in church, I think, is soul draining. Um, you're pouring yourself out and successfully, hopefully, you're leaving yourself behind in these projects you're doing if you're in the zone, but you got to be poured into. And the way that we do that is through the Word of God. And so there, I think you should get into some type of a study or at least a, a way to remind yourself to dig into it. I'm doing a thing, uh, our staff does a thing called uh, F260, which is a, a reading plan from a church in Tennessee called Long Hollow. And um, 
it's really good. It's one of those things you read the whole Bible in a year, which I normally am not a fan of, of trying to cram that in. But it's really good the way they break everything up. It's got some good memory verses every week. And I think that's valuable because in the hard times, that's when you need that word. And so uh, that's super, super important. And then I would take a step back. I would evaluate why I'm in this role. I would try to remember the key things that allow me to bring what only I can bring. Why did God choose me to do this? That's the question. And, and there is a reason. There's definitely a reason. And then I would tell God I trust you. I would say, God, I trust you when it's a hard time. I would say it often. I would say, God, I give this to you right now. Again, I'm, I'm gonna, what you're going to hear me be tonight is a proponent of vocalizing these things, like literally saying them, because I think, for, at least for me, that's how I believe them. And so I believe what we confess today, we experience tomorrow. And so you can speak into existence what yet not exists by your attitude and your inner voice inside your heart. So um, that's what I would do right off the bat. But we need to figure out a way to get better. And so um, we're talking about, you know, a systematic approach. How will I get everything done? There has to be a way, you know, Surely God hasn't given us more things to do than we have time to do them in. God doesn't work that way. Um, so what can we do? Here's three things I think you need to accomplish um, whenever you're trying to think about becoming more productive and managing your time better. Um, first things first is accept res responsibility. So um, you must accept responsibility for your own productivity. And so you know, regardless of what's thrown on your plate, you need to step up and accept responsibility for how you handle that situation. So, so many times, especially it, depending on what your workflow is, um, if you report to a pastor or to an operations person or whatever your streamline is, when you get handed stuff, oftentimes you can be put into a victim situation, or at least you can convince yourself that you're on the receiving end of a problem. Um, and this is multiplied when you've got multiple people giving you things to work on. These things pile up. So accept, make that decision that what I do with this is my choice. And I actually have, I'm in a position of being empowered because I get to decide what happens next. That's really big. The next thing I would do, remind myself I'm not a victim in this situation. So. I've got the power to do something about this. I've got um, the ability to make a decision with what I do next. And then I'm also going to not claim that image of a victim. So when the other staff members come up to you and say, oh, Jordan, I know you're so busy and you're, you're already overworked, but here's one more thing. I'm going to say, at least, at least to myself, I'm not a victim. No one is making me do this. I'm here because I'm offering something to the table. I'm not going to claim that. I'm not a victim. I'm empowered in this situation. We need to, we need to be aggressive. So um, this is talking about being aggressive with your uh, calendar and your scheduling. So inside of being aggressive, I think there's two tricks. These, uh, these are really important because I also believe that what you don't attack will attack you. So you got to be proactive. The first step to being aggressive is this. You need to manage like a hoss. Okay, so Hoss Cartwright from the popular series Bonanza. Not seen a lot of films, but I can tell you a little bit about Bonanza. Uh, Dan Blocker, a great actor, 
a very large man. Um, and when people say, you know, in Oklahoma, we say, oh, you, you know, you handled that hay bale like a hoss. Um, we're referencing this gentleman whose name was Hoss Cartwright. He was the middle child. Um, and then, um, let's see, um, Michael Landon was the smallest child, the youngest child. Anyway, I spent a lot of time watching Bonanza. Uh, so it's very important to me. So um, man is like a hoss. First step is make a um, make Monday your most important thing. So understand the value of Monday. How you begin your week really is the key to ending your week. So the first thing I do every week is I make a Monday list. And I'm, I'm taking the contents of my brain, I'm trying to put it on paper, on a whiteboard, on a Google Doc, whatever it is. I need to get the contents of my brain emptied as fast as I can on Monday morning because that's going to be what I work from. Of course, other things will pile in. As they pile in during the week, straight to the Monday list. And then you're going to work through that Monday list in a very systematic way, um, almost in a sacred approach of, uh, I'm not going to treat this lightly. I'm going to spend time thinking about my approach to the Monday list and how I'm going to get that done. So my system is the Pomodoro method. Who knows about POM method? Boom. Yay. Cool. So if you get nothing else from this talk, the Pomodoro method, I think, is the most important thing. Um, this literally changed how I operate, and it um, revolutionized our staff, even. Our staff culture has changed a tremendous amount thanks to this. So Pomodoro method is time management technique where you uh, first, you make that Monday list. You decide what tasks are relevant and important for the week. And then you set a timer for 25 minutes and you work exclusively on one task. You pick the top task on the list and you get after it for 25 minutes. There's no text messages, no email, no phone call, no Facebook, no conversations with another human being, even if it's your boss. There's nothing but that task for 25 minutes. Now, I was extremely surprised to find, I never considered myself to be unproductive. I never, I never thought that about myself. But I was so surprised to find the little things that interrupt your work that feel relevant. You get an email that pops up and it's from your boss and it's important. And you think, well, let me reply to that so I don't forget about it. That's what I do. Let me be very proactive with my boss. Let me just send that right back. Well, that, that adds up. Those things add up and they happen all the time. So uh, after 25 minutes of exclusively working on that task, take a five minute break. Do something different, get up, walk around, grab some coffee, use the restroom, whatever, but it's something that has nothing to do with what you were just doing. If you completed your task, move to the next task and do another 25 minute session. If you didn't complete it, pick up where you left off, do the, another 25 minute session. After four 25 minute sessions, if you have time, take an hour long break and do something different. For me, sometimes that hits around lunchtime. So there's lunch, obviously. It's a great, great gift. And then sometimes, you know, uh, you literally need to, you need to do something if it's not lunch, you need to do something that's like totally unrelated and even something enjoyable. Play a video game at work. Watch YouTube videos at work. You're, you're doing something that has nothing to do with what you were just doing because you want to try to wipe out the cash in your brain 
to be able to start fresh. Now, you might say 25 minutes times four, well, that's a lot of time. So it doesn't always work that way. So I've, I've been pretty good at doing this every day from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. During that time, I can do four of them, and I'm not doing anything else. I'm not talking to anybody, I'm not answering email. Um, and then after I started doing that, I realized, man, this is like making me super productive and it's so simple. So I shared it with our, our team and now everyone's doing it, except our student pastor, of course. Um, but it's, it's changed everything. And so now the bulk of us, at least the people on our team that like systems, that like to be organized, I'm not saying student pastors don't like to be organized, but they don't. But we are, we're all working during that time. So actually we're not bothering each other. So we don't have to kill each other's palm sessions. It's all happening at the same time, which has been really great. Even our senior pastor does it now. Which so we also, um, because of that dynamic has happened with our staff, sometimes we also have um, group palm sessions where uh, multiple people can be involved, but you're, you're only talking about one thing. So we have a staff meeting, but you know, sometimes there's things that you need to, to dive deeper on. So we'll get three or four people together in a group palm and we'll dissect, you know, the fall festival or the Christmas thing or the Easter thing. And we have some rules that we've made up for that, which are arbitrary, but they're fun. You have to find a table that's about this tall. You have to stay standing during a group palm because it keeps people on their toes. And that's our whole thing is we want to keep keep the ideas coming. We don't want to get comfortable and get quiet and get sleepy. So we've just made that up for us and it's been really cool. So people look forward to having that group palm session and sharing ideas around a table. So that's pretty cool. Um, so it, yeah, this just totally changed um, how I do it. And I, I really want you to try it. Um, and I would love to hear, even if you tried it one time for one day, I'd love to hear if it changed anything for you at all. I think it will. If it doesn't, don't blame me because I didn't make it up, but I would like to find out. Um, I use, there's, a, there's several apps you can get that help you with this. I use one called Focus Keeper, um, and it does like the intervals for you where there's a 25 minute and a five minute and a 25 minute and a five minute. Um, it has a little picture of a tomato on it, on the icon, because Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. And the guy that invented it used a tomato shaped kitchen timer to do his 25 minutes. So it's, it's really cute. Um, and I found out last night at our gathering that there's another app called Forest. You guys heard of Forest? It's, it's a 25 minute timer that's similar. And there's a little tree that grows during the 25 minute timer. And if you exit the app on your phone for any reason, the tree dies. <laughs> and it's so sad. And then if you do enough of those 25 minute timers, they'll plant a real tree for you. It's crazy. So you're like, it's like accomplishing a purpose. So maybe look into that. I didn't know about that. I was just doing it for my own vain purposes. But maybe I'll try the app now because I want trees. I guess we need a lot of trees. Trees are great. Um, so check out the apps. Okay, so that's one part of uh, managing like a hoss. Uh, the other thing is you gotta say no like a boss. Manage like a hoss, say no like a boss. 
Um, so, you know, we all hear this. You got to be able to say no sometimes. That's an important skill. Um, but it really is important when it comes to balancing out these palm sessions. Like the nature of a palm session is you have to say no to something else, which is super great. So I think it's important to realize the implications of saying yes. Usually, at least if you have chronic yes syndrome, which I've had in the past, one of the things you're doing is you're allowing someone else's lack of responsibility to become your issue. I had a teacher that said, don't let your good time become someone else's bad time. That's a great rule in life, just across the board. Never let your good time be someone else's bad time. And, and so what you're doing is, is you're allowing people who, um, well, I guess I should say part of the time in church media, at least, you're allowing people who haven't prepared to make you feel stressed. I mean, haven't we all been there when really it's that someone else hasn't thought of this thing and it's Thursday at four o'clock or Friday at five o'clock and they're bringing it to you and it's got to be ready for Sunday. And you're like, this isn't my, you're, you, this is because you didn't think about this. So don't allow that to happen. You are prioritizing other people above your health and your family. And those of you with a family, you know, you understand how important this is and it's something to take very seriously. And then you're not honoring God by stewarding your time effectively. So go back to taking responsibility where you are not um, being a good steward of your resource. Time is maybe the biggest resource all of us have and we're not stewarding it effectively when we're allowing other people's lack of preparation to ruin our schedule. So um, the question is, what do you do about that? How do you fix this? How do you talk to someone about this? What I told the Oklahoma City crowd last night is, is don't, don't try to make a change if you're in a bad position, if you know you've messed something up, if you don't have rapport with your leader. This is not the time to go and say, I don't have to talk to you for 25 minutes at a time now. You know, uh, Be sure that you're in a healthy place with your leadership. And if you're not, that's something that you need to figure out how to fix. Because, um, you know, I think we need to end media people having a reputation for being lazy or being even saying no too much where you always have an excuse why you can't do something. So there, there's a stigma that comes with our position sometimes of, of not being helpful people, and that's not good. I think those days are coming to an end, but be sure in a, in a healthy position. And then what I did is I talked to my leadership about my schedule. I said, I'm, I've got some tricks that are helping me be more organized, and I'm getting more done at work now, which is great. And they celebrate that. They go, hey, high five, that's great. But I need you to work with me on schedule because I don't have a healthy balance with, with work life and home life. So this is a situation I went through. And I have anxiety. I struggle with anxiety all the time, just in life. And work was making it so much worse because after work I would get phone calls, I would get text messages, and it would be group texts, you know, the dreaded group texts. And it would just be endless where I was taking this work home with me and I'm going, man, what am I doing? I'm always at work. And it's super unhealthy. And so I got to the point after I knew that there was trust there with leadership where they appreciated what I was doing and I was doing my best and honoring God. And I went and said, hey, I, I actually need some hours where you don't contact me. I actually need some time every day. 
After 6.30 p.m., I'm sorry, but I can't talk because I've got a family and I've got commitments and I've got other things. And once again, don't do it if you're not in a good spot. <laughs> it's a good way to get in the worst spot. Um, it worked for me, and, and maybe it won't work with every leader. Be very cautious. Use some discernment there. Maybe ask God about it first, <laughs> whether it's a good idea. My leadership was receptive, and they said, okay, we understand. We want you to be here for the long haul. We appreciate that. And then I also said, I need one day a week to myself. I need one day where I don't hear from you. Unless it's urgent, of course. If, it's, if the church is on fire, you know, let me know. I'll do whatever I can. But Friday or Saturday, pick one. I don't care, but you pick one. And I need, I need some time for, for me and my family. And, and so through all of that, after having a hard conversation, but first doing my homework to make myself as productive as I could be, through all of that, I had more time with my family, which is great. I have a six-year-old and a wife, they're great. And now I have, a, I have a business on the side where I'm doing freelancing. I'm doing, I have some clients I'm doing websites for and some digital marketing. And I'm, I never would have had time for all that stuff had I not first examined my work schedule and the projects that were coming across the desk. Um, that's my talk. So the, the Pomodoro method is maybe the main takeaway. And I want to hear from some people that after you try it, I want to know if it's, if it's useful or if it's total garbage. And I'll never talk about it again if that's the case, because maybe it's just that I like.